when we think about like moral issues, I think choosing to be vegan, it's simply us standing up and saying all animal abuse is wrong. It doesn't make sense to point and say that abusing dogs is wrong and then eating a cheeseburger or eating a chicken sandwich or eating eggs, which go in direct um, contrast to us saying that. So we all say that animal abuse is wrong and get upset when people beat dogs. But every single day of my life, I live vegan because using and killing animals is wrong. We're causing animal suffering and death. And that's what motivates me every day is um, that we don't need to be doing it. It's 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 a, it goes against our values and we can be so healthy, so so high high achieving, doing reaching for everything we want to do without animal products. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. This week's episode is sponsored by my program, Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life. Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to help people make the transition to a plant-based lifestyle, and in doing so, to heal inflammation, to lose weight and finally keep it off, to kick the medications, to heal the aches and pains, and take your health and life into your own hands, and be around for years to come and truly enjoy all life has to offer. The program is not a diet or crash fitness program, it's a lifestyle change. Over the course of the seven weeks, I work with you to transition to a plant-based diet, how to incorporate basic movement into your daily life, how to breathe and reduce stress, and I give you all the tools you need to live this lifestyle for years to come. I teach you how to shop, how to cook, how to exercise, how to breathe, and how to truly change your life. By the end of the seven weeks, all you have to do is just keep doing what you're doing and keep living the lifestyle we've put in place. Notice I say lifestyle. That's because a lifestyle change is the only true way to long-term sustained health and wellness. The course is totally online and can be done from anywhere in the world. Um, then you talk with me weekly to answer questions and keep you on the right path to success as we go. So to join, hop on over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching and schedule a call with me. Spaces do fill up pretty fast each month, so make sure to schedule your call as soon as you can. And I really look forward to working with some of you and um, changing your life. All right, episode 13 coming. I can't believe I've done 13 already. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It's, it's flown by and I keep learning and, and keep talking with really interesting amazing uh, people living plant-based lifestyles, and it's just it's just really cool for me. Uh, 13, uh, I'm pumped. Uh, so on this week's episode, I sit down with uh, a local college athlete named Kyle Gillen-Hughes. Um, Kyle and I linked up on Instagram a few weeks ago, uh, and I was excited to track him down and get him on the podcast uh, because he is a college athlete and I just love seeing like the younger, um, I don't want to say generation cause I'm, you know, I guess I'm in his generation, but the younger, younger guys, uh, or girls, especially athletes, uh, that are adopting this, this type of, um, lifestyle and 
really, you know, debunking the whole protein myth and how, uh, especially from an athlete's point of view that you need all this animal-based protein and, and, you know, all this milk and whey protein and things like that to, you know, uh, build muscle and perform at a high level and things like that. So, um, was really excited to, uh, hear his story and his story is, is pretty crazy. He, so in high school, he was, um, a football player. Uh, he was, he played uh, defensive end and tight end. Uh, you know, he's like six, three or something and was, you know, kind of a beefy, like over 200 pounds type guy. And, you know, your typical, um, you know, power lifting, uh, high school football player, and literally within a year, he decided, so after high school, he decided he wanted to give cross country a shot in, in college. Um, and that's just typically not like a transition you make unless you're like, you know, a, a wide receiver on the football team and, and like a, you know, a, a small, a smaller dude. Um, and at that point he hadn't literally hadn't run like more than two miles in his life. Um, but he tracked down like a couple cross country buddies and, you know, on his way, uh, on his way into college, was like, I need you guys to like, you know, get me into shape here. And he literally goes from barely being able to run a couple miles, uh, going into cross country season in college to finishing just the fall season, his first season as like one of the top guys on the team. And at the same time, he started, um, experimenting in in adopting uh, a plant-based diet. Uh, and he just like, you know, just became a beast. So I just thought it was a just incredible story. And, um, he's, Kyle's just such a great dude. He just welcomed me into his house. I met his family. Um, just amazing people. We went for, uh, about a four mile run, um, in Reading, Mass, where he lives, uh, before this, and then did some hill sprints after. And he just, totally kicked my ass. Like, you know, (laughs) totally, totally humbled me. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, he's just, uh, he's just a great dude and just setting a real awesome example. Uh, so we talk about a lot about kind of athletic performance in, in his diet. Um, but kind of the overarching, um, reason why he has adopted this lifestyle aside from all the health benefits, um, is that he really, uh, feels that, you know, treating similar animals dissimilarly is just, is just wrong. It's, it's not, it's not morally right to kill animals for food. And, um, so it's really cool again, seeing, um, a younger guy really make that connection. And it's cool that there's so much information out there now for people to make their own decisions on that. We're not kind of just, um, shown what the media shows us. You know, we have the internet, we have these things available if we really want to, um, find out details and, uh, and, and make the leap ourselves. So really cool conversation. Um, and again, amazing guy, definitely destined for big things in the future. Uh, so without further ado, the plant powered running beast, Kyle Gillen Hughes. All right, I'm here with Kyle Gillen Hughes here. Dude, thanks for having me into your house, by the way. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad you're here right now. This is awesome. So just met your mom. We just uh, went out for about a four-mile run, did Crushed some it. hill sprints, uh, my, my first sprints in a while, so it was cool to get out and do some sprints, and uh, you're a beast. 
You're a total beast. No, you're a beast, man. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming and joining me this morning. I yeah. asked you to go and run. I wasn't sure if you were going <laughs> to deny me or, or turn me down, but I'm glad. It was awesome, man. I'm glad we got to start no, the day with good. a good four-mile yeah. run and some hill sprints in. It was good. Pushing me out of my comfort zone. I need to, I need to step it up a little bit, I think. But uh, that was awesome, and, and thanks. You know, we, we connected through Instagram, which is so cool. Yeah, like, I think you, you found yeah. my profile. You stumbled across me somehow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forget who somebody... I didn't even know. Uh, maybe maybe a hashtag. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know how I stumbled across you, but saw you're in Boston area. Yep. And uh, here we are, like Locals. you know, week or two later, you know, sitting down and, and chatting. Yeah, so no, cool. it's an honor. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. So uh, you know, we've we were chatting all our run and uh, went for a little swim and been chatting a bunch. But uh, for everybody, can we get kind of give us a full background on? You know where you grew up. We're in so we're in Reading, Mass. For yep. those listening, and uh, yeah, yeah, give us give us the full spiel here. Yeah, so my name's Kyle. Um, I'm living in Reading, Mass. Here, and right now I'm a sophomore, going to be a junior in college. And um, Pat and I were talking, and Pat and I are actually both um, we both went to Pat's an alum of St. Paul's, and I went to Lawrence Academy in high school. And Pat and I were just chatting, sort of how we actually have had pretty similar paths. Both of us played high school football, and both uh, grew up in the Boston area. And yeah, so I kind of grew up um, kind of a local, the North Shore of the Boston area. My grandfather lives in Charlestown, so I've kind of been, my mom's a townie. She grew up in Charlestown. Um, and yeah, so just growing up and I and through high school, I was a um, high school football player, played varsity football in high school and basketball. And and yeah, and I can now I'm here. I'm currently a college athlete and I'm running cross country and track and field and I'm I've been vegan now for about a year and a half and going vegan has been a really probably one of the best, if not the best decision I've ever made in my life, just in terms of my overall health, happiness, fundamental justice, um, and the benefits to the environment. There's just so many great aspects to going vegan and veganism. And, um, I'm just really lucky to be here sitting down with Pat today, um, to being interviewed by him here on the Make Green, um, the Eat Green Make Green podcast, and it's just an honor to be here. Yeah, man. All right, so tell us, kind of, give us a little picture of like diet growing up into high school, and then when, when, and why you know the the diet change takes place and all this. Yeah. So growing up, I was never really the healthiest kid. Growing up, I always was a pretty pudgy overweight kid growing up. I used to play a lot of ice hockey. Um, hockey's really big here in the Boston area and in New England for sure. And I grew up playing a lot of ice hockey. That was like my main sport growing up. And I never really thought much about my diet. Um, I, would, I would eat a lot of Boston cream donuts. I would have a lot of sauce stick and cheese sandwiches from Burger King. And my parent, we would have a lot of family cookouts here at the um, poolside at my house in Reading growing up. And I'd eat, I'd eat my cheeseburgers. I'd eat my hot dogs. Um, and I, towards as I got a little bit towards um, closer to high school, I actually took a yoga class in middle school. And when I started getting exposed to yoga class, I started developing a little bit healthier habits because I, I, I was a little insecure. I had like had my little jelly rolls as like a little kid, and I was a little overweight and pudgy, and I didn't really feel. Um, I was a little insecure with my body, so like I wanted to be a little bit healthier and be a little bit better. But yeah, growing up, I would always just. I would, a big. I always thought that I needed animal protein. I always thought I needed my burgers, my my milk, my yogurt. I thought yeah. those were part. I that's those what were, we're told, right? It's what yeah, it's what we're told growing up that we need that we need animal protein, we need yogurt, and all these things to be healthy. Um, so yeah, my diet and my the evolution of my diet has certainly come a long way. But I was never 
the most health conscious growing up. I think it was probably around high school that I started playing high school football at Lawrence Academy that um, I started going to Body by Boyle, which is a local um, strength and con- conditioning place. And through there, like I started like making the connections. They talk about nutrition mm. there as well. I would train there in the summer and do summer workouts like lifting and conditioning to get ready for football seasons. And that's when I started to realize like nutrition has a much bigger impact on my health. Um, and I started to eat a little bit healthier and started taking a little bit better care of myself. But yeah, I was about, um, about, so I'm going to be a junior in college now, but about a year and a half ago, I was a freshman in college. I had finished my high school varsity football career and I decided I didn't want to really play sports in college, but I was still really into the weightlifting and powerlifting and I would, I would eat so much protein. I was so much, I was so insecure with how much protein I ate every day because I was really tied to body image and I really cared so much about being as muscular and as, as fit as possible. And like, I was really putting my self-worth into how muscular I looked in the gym or how huge I was. So I was, I really bought into that. I needed to be eating one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So mm. I would, a normal day for me would look like I would get up with a friend. Um, we like, we'd go to the gym at like eight thirty AM in the morning and we would do, be doing like heavy, heavy deadlifts. Like, and I was strong at the end of my high school career. I was like deadlifting th- like 350 pounds, 450. Like I got up to 450 pound deadlifting bench press. I was just putting, trying to put up as much weight as possible because yeah. that's what I thought was cool. That's what I thought was awesome. Was just trying to put up as much weight in the gym. So I'd wake up, we'd hit like Olympic lifts. Then we would, for probably about two hours, I wouldn't really do much cardio at all. And then we would go pound, my roommate and I and my friends, we would just pound our faces with food and I would just eat as much food as possible. And I, just, I was becoming very unhealthy. Um, I was really strong in the gym, but I wasn't really feeling my best and I would eat some salads in there and eat like what I thought was pretty healthy food, but I was ballooning. I was like 205 pounds. I'm about six foot one, um, almost six two. And I was just putting all this crap in my body and I wasn't feeling good anymore. Um, I was really strong in the gym, but I was noticing that I just wasn't, I was, wasn't really feeling all that good and that, mm. all that great anymore. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So not feeling good. <clears throat> so this is like summer after. Uh, this is a year and a half ago. Yeah. Or... So I kind of finished up my senior year of high school football. And then yeah. yeah, sort of summer going into college and fall and winter of my freshman year of college. I was sort of, I was just really concerned. Just getting, yeah. just keep building all that muscle and just yeah. keep putting on that strength, that muscle. Um, and I wasn't really being very mindful about yeah. the food I was putting in my body. I cared more about getting yeah. so much protein every day. So where do we go to college? So I went to um, Sacred Heart University my freshman year of college, yep. and I'm at Regis College right now in Western Massachusetts, but yeah, down in Sacred Heart in Fairfield. And at what point does, so diet's getting, you get to a point where diet starts to get a little better, right? Yeah. But so, you're still like, and I was in the same place, like post, post uh, for me it was post-college sports, this is for you, uh, post-high school sports, but you know, still very much have the athlete's mindset, high protein, low carb, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's carbohydrates, 90, carbohydrates make yeah, you fat, carbohydrates exactly. kill you, sugar and carbs make you fat, and, yep. um, and for me, like, it was, like, like, 99.9% of America would have said I was eating a very healthy diet at the time, mm-hmm. you know, lean meats, like, a lot of lean steak, and, and chicken, and, you know, occasionally like the asparagus and vegetables on the side, like eggs (laughs) eggs for breakfast, you know, but you know, egg whites and like, you know, the healthy, the healthy version of the standard American (laughs) diet, basically. The healthier standard American. Exactly. So, so you're kind of probably in this phase, eating a ton, kind of 
sticking with the bodybuilding mentality post yeah. post uh, football. You're at Sacred Heart. You know, at what point is like, you know, the the vegetarian veganism type thing? Yeah. Coming? So I was doing all the strength training, like pounding all, all the protein shakes and. And then I followed a lot of different bodybuilding channels on YouTube and I came across this channel, um, the YouTube channel is called Vegan Gains. And basically this guy who's a vegan bodybuilder on YouTube was creating all this content about veganism and bodybuilding. And I was like, huh, like vegan bodybuilders, that's that's interesting, that's strange. Like what even is a vegan exactly? Like I know about vegetarianism a little bit. But like vegans like don't eat any animal products. Like at first I was like, this guy, this guy has to be crazy. Like, <laughs> he's, on, he's on steroids. And like this guy, yeah, yeah, this guy's looking pretty big and strong. Like how is this guy, this guy has this much muscle and he's eating only plants, like what? So I kind of started going down that rabbit hole a little bit and started looking up more vegan bodybuilding channels and and started doing a little bit research myself of vegan nutrition and and I started hearing on Vegan Gains' channel and other vegan YouTuber channels sort of different elements of why and again I'm not promoting Vegan Gains' YouTube channel he's <laughs> kind of a crazy a little like eccentric person his uh has a little bit of a misanthropic view of humanity but in terms of some of the content he puts out he puts out some pretty thought provoking content in terms of the environmental arguments ethical arguments and health arguments for veganism and that really started to make me think and exposed me to a lot of different um, things in the vegan community. So, and I was starting to learn like, wow, okay, I can, I can be healthy and build muscles as a vegan. That's pretty yeah. interesting. So a few, so I learned about probably in like November, a little bit before Thanksgiving in the fall. And then for my, I kept up with his channel and watching other vegan YouTube videos and doing more research myself. And then that winter, um, so what's it's, I think it was the winter of it was right going into 2016 2015 2016 i said uh I'll, i'm gonna go vegetarian for my new year's resolution i knew about veganism but i'm gonna so i'm gonna go vegetarian at first so i went vegetarian and yeah i was still eating tons of cheese and tons of pizza and but i was eating more fruits and vegetables and i started feeling a little bit better um so yeah so i started kind of going down that rabbit hole and it, uh about two months later um, I watched this speech. It's called the, if you, it's on, if you look on YouTube, the greatest, the greatest speech you'll ever hear by Gary Yarofsky. And this is called, sort of the ethical arguments for going vegan. And I listened to that speech and I was like, wow, like I never really thought of, I never really thought of animals as sentient beings. I never really, I always thought, oh, animals are just dumb. They don't really, they yeah. don't care what we do to them. Like, like they're, they're lucky to be here for us to eat them basically. So describe the word sentient for for people that don't know. Yeah, so for people so sentient is it means being self-aware, having a self-awareness, um, having a unique or a sub subjective experience of the world around you. Sentient just means you are aware. You're not basically a, like a robot is not sentient, for example. Um, like a robot certainly has uh, robots have intelligence can can do tasks, but robots robots can't sentient is a being that can feel pain, that can mm. feel pleasure, emotion, joy. So humans and animals alike are both sentient beings. Um, and like the difference between like sentience and intelligence, for example, is they're completely different. Sentient is just being self-aware, being able to perceive, um, pain, being able to suffer, being able to have yeah. emotions, um, sort of the same way we see in our dogs. Um, and in, like our, our dog, we love our dogs and we see that our dogs have affection for us and get excited for us. And like the same way, like a dog would react to pain, like people who abuse their dogs and kick their dogs. We see the same with any animal, like a pig, yeah. a cow or a chicken. So yeah. sentience is... Just, I guess, it's a self-awareness to have, to experience pleasure, pain, happiness, joy, sadness, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Which all animals have. Which all animals have yeah. to one ex to one extent or another. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so that kind of, um, 
so yeah, so as I kind of learned about animal sentience too, it kind of motivated me. It was like, I said, I had been vegetarian kind of like, oh, like, yeah, the health, but I started thinking more about like the ethical arguments for veganism and I started questioning myself more. I was like, do I really have like, we've been eating meat and animals and killing animals and eating them for so long. It's just the way we've done things. But I started questioning like, what do we, what's our, the best reason we really have today for eating animal products, um, eating meat, cheese, eggs is because we like the way they taste. Mm -hmm. It's not because we need them for our health because we'll die without them. Um, because it's necessary for athletic performance or anything like that. The best reason is because we're comfortable with them. We've been doing it for a long time. It's tradition. And those that's kind of the best. It's our taste buds. It's, it's our, our taste buds. buds. Exactly. We yeah. don't need it. Certainly, you can get nutrients out of a, eating a big red um, burger or a steak or even le like lean chicken breast or salmon. There's, it's, there's undeniably nutrients in those foods. And there are beneficial aspects of them to our health. But we can get all of those nutrients from those animal foods that we for, exclusively from plants. And we're also not getting all that saturated fat, cholesterol, unhealthy things. Yeah. And I think the best part of all is we're not contributing to something that we all, we're not contributing to animal suffering anymore. And that was kind of right there when I thought, wow, like, like we, what we do to animals is, is wrong. We don't need to be killing and using animals and I can be, I can be strong and healthy without it. And I still, and I wasn't, I was like pretty sure because I was still learning, Yeah. but yeah. I, as I've been vegan for a year and a half, it really has validated me as my athletic performance, my health, my, my mental clarity has all improved. Um, but yeah, so it's been, it's been really great yeah, for me. So it was kind of like, uh, you find out about it, right. And you're like, okay, like makes sense. You're kind of dabbling a little bit. And then it's like, can I be healthy doing this? And then you find out not only can you be healthy, but you can be way healthier than you were before and, and thrive on it more or less. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And when I went vegan, it wasn't, it was entirely out of ethical motivation. Cause I went vegetarian more. I knew about the ethical arguments for veganism, but after I watched, um, that Gary Yurofsky video and I, I did more research in the ethical arguments and I've read, read a few different books. Um, um, Gary Francione, um, Rutgers University, um, philosopher and professor of the abolitionist approach. And he talks about veganism as a moral imperative and reading about that and learning and reading up on that sort of changed my whole perspective of the way I look at veganism is it's just, it's simply, I just look at it as an issue of fundamental justice. It's what all of us, all, I think, I believe that 99% of us in American society and 99% of people in the world sort of already agree with the context, the pretense of veganism. And that is that we agree that unnecessary inflicting unnecessary suffering to animals and sent is wrong yeah inflicting unnecessary suffering is wrong i think we all agree that if we don't yeah. need to cause a being to suffer and die then why would we yeah so so we were talking a little bit before this of like you have kind of the three pillars of kind of the three main reasons why people you know adopt a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and in one's health one's the environment the third's animals and you get a lot of people that don't give a shit about their health Mm -hmm. You get a lot of people that don't give a shit about the environment, yep. but almost anyone that has a soul, you know, if you see a, any type of animal, I don't, I don't care what it is. If you, you're walking down the street and somebody's kicking a dog's ass or beating up a pig or like whatever animal it is, or like mistreating a, a raccoon, like it doesn't matter what it is. Everybody has this emotional, like you know, don't hurt the poor creature and you, you try to help it. And it's a very natural human thing where you just want to, you just want to help. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's this huge disconnect between 
that whole natural tendency and what we sit down to eat because we don't see it. We don't have to kill the pig to get the bacon. We don't have to see the cow suffer and, and die exactly. to get the burger. We just don't connect any of that to it. But if we were, you know, on a farm and somebody started cutting up a cute little pig in front of us, we would be horrified beyond belief. I think most of us would be. And I think for 19 years of my life, I never seriously thought about, I never seriously considered veganism or vegetarianism. I always thought, of, I always just looked at it as a diet. It's just a way, oh, people want to live healthier. They don't want to eat meat. Good yeah. for them. That's, that's fine for them. Like, they can, they can, I'm going to eat my meat, but they can eat their vegetables and yeah. do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. But then once I really thought about it and actually thought critically, like, hey, the dogs that I've had interactions in my life that are clearly caring, loving, and we all love dogs, our society. And for example, um, like Michael Vick, for example, us society, when the Michael Vick allegations came out about Michael Vick dog fighting, all of a sudden you're saying, Michael Vick's a disgusting person. Michael Vick's an awful human being. Like mm -hmm. he should be in prison. But the reality is we're all hating on Michael Vick, but we're all sitting around the summer barbecue eating cheeseburgers, eating hamburgers, eating, eating yeah. bacon and eggs for breakfast, all of these things which are causing animals to suffer and die just as much if not more than those dogs that Michael Vick was fighting. Exactly. And, and Michael Vick enjoyed watching – Michael Vick may enjoy watching dog fighting. Michael J Vick enjoyed watching dog fighting, but – that was the best Michael Vick's best reason he had for causing those dogs to suffer was because he wanted to make money and he wanted to do dog fighting. Yeah. But the very best reasons we have for eating meat, animal products, cheese, milk, eggs, all these things which cause animals to suffer and die is because we like the way they taste. Yeah. His was for entertainment and money purposes. Ours is because we like the way it tastes. Exactly. Same thing, you know, two, two very equivalent animals and we just treat the two very differently. We treat... We treat similar. <laughs> we treat similar beings dissimilarly. Yeah, yeah. We treat we we treat a dog. We love it. They're a member of our family. Yeah. We recognize that our dog has. They have personhood. Yeah. They're they're their own being. They're their own unique being. Yeah. But then when we breed cows, pigs, and chickens, and we treat them as if they're just replaceable resources, as if they're just drones. That yeah. it's each pig's life doesn't matters as little as the next pig's life. Mm -hmm. We're just gonna kill them and eat them, basically. Yeah. I got a buddy that has a pet pig. Mm hmm. Uh, like wicked cool pet pig. Oh yeah, but he he eats meat. Like loves the pig. I, to death. That's so funny. That like you say it's that. like it, it's like his dog. Yep. You know, very similar to a dog. He takes it for walks and everything like that. And uh, still still he eats bacon. You yeah. know what I mean? Still eats pork. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I have a friend. How does the connection not not happen? Exactly. And I have a friend. I think. And I think there's there's so many I think there's so many elements we could really dive into. Yeah, we don't yeah, have time today yeah, to go yeah, into yeah. each and every one. Totally. But I think there's hundreds and hundreds of reasons of yeah. why people don't make that connection and why people don't think it's okay um, to continue to eat animal products. But I think like I have a friend um, who I went to college with who also she had she lived with a pet pig and she thought it was adorable, but she would eat meat and bacon and things yeah. like that too. And it's just like. And we kind of like joke about it, like eat, like eating bacon, like with the pigs right there. But it's like we would never in our society like eat like we would never eat dog meat probably or 99% of us would think it would be abhorrent to eat dog meat yeah. when it's no it's no different. But it's just it's what we've – it's because we've been conditioned to think this way and act this way that we think. We just – we make it um, totally normal. We normalize yeah, it. Yeah, for, for – I've had this idea for like a little video series for a while that I, I still <laughs> would like to do. But to kind of go around a different, like, you know, friends' homes, you know, like a dinner party type setup, and I walk in with, like, a, a pig on a leash, and, 
you know, just seeing everybody's reaction. We're passing around, holding it, and, like, everybody's loving the pig. And then, like, I want to, like, pull out a knife and be like, all right, it's dinner time. Yeah. And then, and then try to get somebody to, like, kill the pig. Like, nobody would do that. No, yeah. But, no, no, but unless you're a psychopath. But we're, no, having, but we're having pork chop for dinner. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> we're having bacon. We're having bacon wrapped scallops. We're having pork chop. Like. Just, to, just to try to see that, like, if that connection can be made. I think, yeah. yeah. And I, when I realized that, mmm, bacon, though, wasn't a real argument against veganism. <laughs> like, yeah, bacon's delicious. But that doesn't say anything about whether or not it's right or wrong to be killing pigs in the exactly. first place. Exactly. All right. So. No yeah. So yeah, we could go down a total rabbit oh, hole and talk about all the reasons hole. there. But um, all right, so you you switch from uh, Sacred Heart to uh, Nichols, did you say? No, uh, Regis College. Regis College. I'm yeah. sorry. I can we compete and against Nichols in track and field gotcha. though there. Yeah. Gotcha. In your so you you make the switch to track and field. So tell us kind of yeah so about that. so yeah so I transferred from Sacred Heart University. This wasn't really the best fit for me. Um, so I transferred to a smaller school, uh, Regis College, which is a local school in the Boston area. It's in Western Massachusetts. And I decided to around a little shortly after I went vegan, I was like, oh, a good way, like maybe for me to like, I, like I'm still like pretty athletic. Like I, I work out a lot. Like I take care of myself. I play like varsity sports in high school. Like I think I'm gonna walk on to the track and field team. Yeah. So I went to Regis and I talked to um, one of the track and field coaches and. I was speaking with him and um, Coach Kevin Green. He's he's a really great guy, um, actually. And he, I was speaking with him, and he, he, I was like, yeah. So I think like I was a little bit of like an athlete in in high school. Like I played varsity football and I played basketball, and I did a couple of years of track. But running was never my first sport. But I'm pretty athletic. Like, I think I can do this. Yeah. And I was like, I think I'm gonna do some. Like I'd like to do some sprinting events. And he was like, oh, like yeah, like we'd love you to be part of the team. Like if you can come and work hard, like you can definitely do this. Um, he was like, but what do you think about doing cross country? And at this point I was about 195 pounds, 193 pounds. And like, yeah. still I had been losing like a little bit leaner from like all that, like the, my protein craze and I, my, my health had started benefiting from adopting, um, a plant-based diet. But, uh, I was like, yeah, cross country. Uh, you're yeah. a little, you're a little crazy here. Hadn't, like hadn't run a few miles in a long time. Yeah. I, I haven't, I don't think I really ever went on like mile runs. The most <laughs> running I ever did in my life was I would do like sprints in hockey or in basketball and football. But I was like, Hey, like I'll keep an open mind. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like cross country, like it'll be, it'll be healthy for me. Like it'll be good. Like I probably won't take it very competitively, but it'll be good being part of a team and doing cross country. So I'll do cross country along with track and field. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. So I got home that summer and I started training with some friends in my town um, who had, who ran who uh, run track and field and cross country at their colleges as well, and I started going on runs with them. And we would do we would go like on our two three mile runs and then build up to like seven eight ten mile runs towards the end of the summer. And I remember my first like two mile three mile run with my my friends and they ran cross country in high school and like I was like can you guys just help me get in shape like I just need to get in yeah. cross country shape. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll whip you into shape. So I went on like on like a two or three mile run. And we were going probably like a 740 minute, just a little under an eight minute pace. And I was doing only two or three miles. And by the, I swear to God, by like the last half mile of those runs, I was breathing so hard. I was like, wheezing. I was like, <gasps> <gasps> like just the end of those runs, I was trying to hold on. I was like, I just need to hang with these guys. Because if I can't even hang with these guys and just do a little two, three mile run at an easy pace for them, they're going to be like, oh, Kyle can't even do this. Like it's not even worth yeah, their time. Yeah. So it just pushed myself to just stick with those guys. And I just started building my cardio. And then by the end of the summer, I've been going on runs every day and getting lots of cardio in. And I was ready to go for cross country. And I, I dived into my first cross country season. Yeah. So is this last summer? This this was last summer. Yeah. 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 Yep. So now, all right. So that's last summer. You're literally out running like your first two to three miles in like a long ass time, 
right? <laughs> like, yeah. or, or ever. Ever, yeah. I don't think I really ever did mile All runs. Right. I would do sprints and stuff, but I would never really went on like three, five mile runs in my life before, no. And you're like a few months into changing the diet, becoming yeah, plant-based. Yeah, I had been vegan. I had been like totally 100% plant-based diet, vegan for I think about probably four to six months at that point, or like yep. at least four or five months full at that point. And I was feeling great. I was yeah. feeling really good. So tell us, so we're a year later now, mm-hmm. and you're like crushing it like yeah. cross country wise yeah. so t- tell us how this like yeah so i got transpired. into cross country season and i didn't really know what to expect like i was a little nervous going in because i was going to be running with guys who had been running cross country and track all throughout high school and who, who had already been running a few years in college so i was i was pretty nervous but i i got there and i was just i told myself i'm gonna work hard i'm just gonna stick do my best to stick with these guys give it my best and so we started training we, we actually went up to stowe vermont for our preseason, and we we do like a week in Stowe, Vermont. Some good vegan food up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. Some they, good restaurants. Yeah. There. So we went up to Stowe and started doing some trail running and some training. And I was actually like pretty surprised at like how well I was hanging with the guys. Like we were doing like 640, like five mile runs at like 640 pace, like low sevens, like doing like some pretty quick runs. And like mm. I was like pushing the pace. I think some of them were like, whoa, like why are you, you're, ta- you're taking the pace. I, I didn't really know how to pace myself yet. It was like, when you become a runner and you're running all year round and running every day, you can't be pushing a six flat pace every single day. Your body yeah. will break down. And, I, and I've kind of learned that as I've um, become more of a runner. But like we were, we were working hard and we were pushing each other. And I was hanging right with the guys. I was like, wow, like I didn't like just like six months ago or like five months ago before I started running, I would literally be, I wouldn't even think that I could hang with these guys. So we get, to, we get the season started and I run my first 5K race of my life, and um, me and one of my teammates were competing for most of the race, and he was ahead of me pretty much the entire race, Um, and I ended up passing him at the end of the race, and I almost caught one of my other teammates too, but I think I ran my first 5K of my life in like 1830, which I think that's like a 601 pace, which for like three miles, which is not impressive by any means, but like it was a great start for me. I was like, it's pretty impressive for us average folk out here. Yeah. From now. where, from where I was coming, having no running experience. I was like, okay, that's yeah. it's a good start. And then like a couple of weeks later, I had my first 8k of my life with uh, Regis college and my teammates um, at UMass Dartmouth. And we were competing with a bunch of different schools, UMass Dartmouth, among a lot of other division three, um, New England schools. And so 8k is 8k is 4.9 miles 4. just 9. about just yeah. about five miles right. and so i got my first 8k in my life i was pretty nervous and my teammate matt was um my captain matt norton he's also a great guy he um was telling me like like you gotta you're like you you are built to be a runner like you're a good runner like you gotta go out there and you gotta work today um and like matt and i like told us we're just gonna work together in this race and I started that first race and we got about two miles in and I heard like them yell like 520 or like 530 for like the first mile. I was like, crap, like we went out, like I think we were trying to maintain like a 540 or 530 pace for our like first AK of the season. We went out pretty fast. And I was like, got like that had me a little nervous and I kind of like, I ended up dropping out of that my first 8K race because I started inhaling a bunch of dust and I started hyperventilating. I don't know if it was like a panic attack or yeah. my breathing or whatever it was. But I kind of just freaked out. I didn't even finish my first 8K, yeah. and I ended up having to drop out of the race. So and this is—are we still in the fall right now? We're still in the fall. Yeah, yeah this okay. is like this is right after I did my first yeah. 5K race, and this is this is the start of cross country. So yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna keep working hard. Next week, I come back and I finish my first 8K, and I run 29:45, my first 8K, of my life sub 30 um, minute pace, which I was I was pumped about. I had no idea 
that I was even capable of running a sub 30 minute 8k. So I was like, okay, like I can just keep building. And so I just started running harder and harder. And every single race of my cross country season, I ran a little faster time than the last race. So I ran 29.45 my first 8k. And then I think my next 8k, I ran something like 29.33. And then my next 8k, I ran something like um, 29, like 20. And then I ran like 29, 14. And I started getting to like my last three races of the season. And I ran something like 28, 45, um, 8k. And then I ran something like 28, 32. And I was like really starting to like just shave yeah. down the times. And I yeah. think my teammates too, my teammates too, at this point, sort of figured out that I was a vegan at this point. They're like, cause they, I, we sit together the dining <laughs> hall every day and they're like, yeah. they look at my plates and like, Oh, that's, that's interesting. That's different. Um, yeah. and one of my teammates is like, Oh, like Kyle's a vegan. Like, like I, I never like talked up, like if people ever asked me, I would talk about it. And, and yeah, so I think everyone's like, Oh, Kyle's like that vegan on the team. I think I, people thought it was like pretty interesting. I think, yeah. um, that like I was doing so well athletically and performing so well, just only on plants, basically yeah. like just only plants. And yeah, so I got to the last race of the season. I I'd really started to improve a lot. Like I'd really, puts my heart and soul into this cross country season, just working so hard. And we had NCAA's division three NCAA race, um, at Westfield state, our last race of the season. And we had a bunch of, um, division three, new England schools like Tufts, MIT. Um, I'm trying to think of some others, Tufts, MIT, Regis, LaSalle, LaSalle, LaSalle college. Um, I'm trying to, but yeah, but like a pretty competitive division three schools, yeah. schools where they have runners who could easily be running D one, but those guys are pursuing like medic, like becoming doctors and things like yeah, that. They're pretty, they know they're not going to make a career out of running. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we went out and this, this race was crazy. And this is my last race, our last race of the season. I just told myself, I was like, I'm just going to go out here and lay it down all on the line. And I went out there hair on fire. I think our first mile split was like 503 or something. We dropped like a five minute mile. Our first <laughs> of a five mile race, we dropped a five minute mile in the first mile. And I ended up finishing that race and I finished I finished first on my team and I also shattered my PR. I ran 28 minutes. Wow. Um, 2808, tw- about 28 minutes, my my last 8K of the season. That's about a 540, 540 mile pace. And, and not only, I had run like the fastest time of any of my teammates had ever run and a lot of my teammates have been running for a long time and I just I kind of, I think I was a little shocked myself like yeah. what I just did this is in one season this, I, this, this is, is my first this is my season. first fall season cross country of my <laughs> entire insane. of my life I had never and the reason absolutely I mean obviously I, I'm a hard worker I, I care a lot I work really hard but the reason all this is possible at 100% attributed to my diet the way that I take care of my body is eating a 100% vegan plant-based diet it transforms your body my mm. I, I sleep better. I think more clearly. I, I'm happier and I'm just physically athletically performing at such a higher level. And I never thought that the things I've been doing running wise, I was a 200 pound football player yeah. about a year, a year before this, I was 200 pounds and doing heavy power lifts. I, I could barely do a few sprints without being winded at that point. I wasn't doing cardio, but just eating, eating a plant-based diet and being motivated and um, run for sentient beings. I kind of came up with that name during cross country season. Um, and I thought it was representative to like sort of who I had become. Like I had, I had become vegan because I've been motivated for the, we have no good ethical reason for killing and using animals. So I wanted to become vegan and running that motivated me. Like I can be, I, I can like every day I can work my hardest and be my best and just show others that, not only can we be vegan and be completely healthy, but we can be vegan and be high-performing athletes as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, so here you are, um, and it's a great example, right? Here you are, 200-pound football player. You come in against, like, these experienced runners, and, like, you're smoking. I mean, it's just, like, it to me, it speaks so clearly to, yeah, like, the like, power I, of I, it. Yeah, actually, <clears throat> absolutely. And I, in high school, like, like a lot of high school students, like, um, just consuming alcohol and smoking weed. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, a big thing in high school culture. And it, yeah. I kind of got into that for a little while yeah. in high school, and it, it, it sort of carried through. And I definitely started doing less and less of it. And I noticed I was doing less and less of it was improving. But, like, I was doing those things, and I realized, when, like, when I became vegan, too, like, I had so much more energy. Like I didn't really feel like I needed the, I was, I, my diet was giving me so much energy. Yeah. I, I started realizing I didn't need like, I didn't need marijuana or alcohol or any of this crap yeah. to be doing so well and being so healthy too. Yeah. So totally like I a hundred percent relate. And we were talking earlier, like, you know, a couple of weeks into kind of my diet change, I went out for a run and I'm just like, it's the fastest I've ever run in my life. And it just, it happened like that. And then like, you know, I assumed I was going to start like losing strength in the weight room. Like I got better, you know, it's just like crazy things. And you're just like, and it's going against like every norm we've been told about like, you know, protein consumption and what to eat to be strong and to like be an athlete. And it just, it just went against everything. And I had to like, just totally put out like all of the you know, years and years of nutritional and athletic training that was just ingrained in me. You need, you need animal protein. You You need need milk. You need all this. You you can't, you can maybe be vegetarian, (laughs) but you definitely can't be vegan. Like you at least need some milk or some eggs in your diet to be healthy. And even on top. All this ridiculous stuff. Even on top of that, the amount of just food was another thing that I had to be like, like I just realized how much excess i was eating overeating we like all, not only as now a society do I, I think too yeah you just like we just all eat way too much and i find like the less i eat in whole plant foods right i don't lose weight i don't gain weight nothing happens like if i have like a day where i eat like a lot more than i should or i have a day when i eat a, a lot less than what's normal mm-hmm. i still don't fluctuate okay. my body adju- my body adjusts and it's only because you know I'm plant based, but it just it just showed me like I just you just don't need that much food and whatever you kind of feed your body, your your body adjusts to whatever you're doing. Like I've messed around with fasting, I've messed around with like Done just little, to see. Yeah, a little bit of the intermittent fasting. Yeah. I think I did a little mm. bit of intermittent fasting when I was vegan and getting yeah. ready for cross country season two because I was thinking I was like I have a lot of weight on me right now. Like, I can't yeah. be at 200 pounds starting the cross country season if I want to be competitive. Like totally. So I would do a little bit of the intermittent fasting and that definitely helped kickstart my metabolism a little bit too. Yeah. Um, not that you need that. I think just eating a whole foods plant based diet is the single most powerful way we can instantly improve our health. Yeah. And you, I think most if you're eating a whole foods plant based diet without with whole fruits and vegetables and not eating all that oily and processed junk you're you're naturally the weight's gonna gonna start coming off naturally too definitely definitely yeah and i've the other kind of thing that i kind of personally totally debunked was you know the whole uh you know post-workout type stuff like you gotta you know eat a high protein meal within 90 minutes of working out Mm -hmm. like that was literally the one thing that for 25 years i did not waver from because i thought it was right you know now like i'll mess with like i'll intentionally not eat for like four hours after my workout because i like i just want to like get out of my body's way let it recover let it heal let it like do its thing and just give it water and just let it do its thing 
And I find that I recover and build muscle and do all the things I want to better than if I like had what, (laughs) what I am so used to of like, you know, having like a thousand calorie, like 60 protein, you know, gram meal, you know, it's just so, so backwards. I noticed too, when I eat like super high, I'm eating like 20 plus gram protein meals and I don't really do that much anymore, but I know when I eat meals with like tons and I just feel, and sometimes like if I haven't eaten much in the day and like, I feel good. Like last night, um, my girlfriend and I made these like power bowls actually out of rich balls cookbook. I got motivated nice. and it was yeah, like yeah. sweet potato, quinoa, black beans, um, some kimchi, which is a fermented cabbage and pomegranate seeds. And I added some hummus in there. That was probably like, that probably had like a good 30 grams of protein in there. But like, I was listening to my body. I didn't, I don't feel like anymore. Like I don't feel like I need to be getting each gram of protein per yeah. pound of body. I don't feel insecure about protein anymore. And that was something I think with high school football and like sort of that like bro science culture, you think yeah. you need so much, so much protein. It's like, what we need to do is we need to eat whole plant foods and listen to our bodies and you just, you'll feel so much. It's, you, I think intuitive eating just becomes more of a habit as a result of that. I totally. Think. Yeah. I'm, I'm like personally, um, and we, we mentioned this before, but like, it's so cool to see like you in your playing days, like having this revelation because I get like pissed. I'm like, shit, like how good could I have been? You know how, like I would have just been on a different level especially like playing quarterback mental clarity and just having the physical like ability that plants give you and, and having, if I was on this diet, as plants college, are, plants are performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. Like I was the, most, inju- the natural source of Total. performance enhancing exactly. drugs. I was injured every year. Like I haven't been injured. Like I don't come close to getting injured anymore. I'll roll my ankle like, yeah, on yeah. a run. Yeah. And it doesn't like, you I heal. don't, it heals. Just the other night, like I, I slammed amazing. my calf into the door and it was like bothering me. Yeah. And like, I, I, again, like this is like this. We're using anec- yeah, anecdotal type I, stuff right yeah, here, yeah, but yeah. I do, I do notice that my body recovers faster, yeah. like night and day, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I injured my back when I was doing heavy weightlifting, and then recently after I um. Like I, t- I, I strained it back bad, really my back really badly doing heavy deadlifts, and I did tons of yoga, and I had recently adopted a vegan diet, and my back, like the fact that I don't still have back problems today, I think it's absolutely attributed to my diet yeah. and my lifestyle habits and doing so, yoga and eating well. I think our body's abilities to heal are so is so much higher yeah. when we're eating a whole foods plant based anti, diet. Anti inflammation, you know what I mean? Cool. So the other thing. So, by the way, when you mentioned the whole sentient beings thing, uh, for for those listening, that's your that's your Instagram handle, Run for yeah. Sentient Beings. Right? Yes, Run for Sentient Beings. So on you, you can check and YouTube as well. You can check Kyle out there. Um, so the other thing in your profile, so sober. Yep. So tell us about this whole transition and how you got there. And we were talking. I'll get into it, but kind of my my one kind of kryptonite uh, falls in this area, but. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. So, Tell us about that. Yeah, no, I think um, I, like like many kids in high school, I grew up like my friends, uh, a lot of my friends and like, I think it's just like kids grow up in high school and it's just smoking and drinking alcohol. It's just part of like, it's just what we were growing up and it's, it's normalized. What we're doing is um, we need to have, or we don't need to have, but we like, we grow up and we want to have a few beers with some friends or we want to go out. And then we smoke a joint with a friend or something like that. It's, it's just a like, kind it's of a, unknown it's just, thing. It's yeah, it's like, it's like a fun, like risky, like it's a yeah. social type thing. I think it's mostly social. It's kind of fun to do something that's like, ooh, like... Yeah, like not un- supposed to be doing it. Yeah, like yeah. we're underage. Like you're not supposed to be doing it, but it's like kind of like... That. I mean, that's part of the fun and the adventure and the risk of it. Yeah. But I think also like we grew up and we see some of our parents and family and friends who are drunk or who are high and like they're just funny and being goofy and like 
they're so like they're so mellow and so relaxed that we normally see them. And I think that's exactly kind of the problem is we use drugs and alcohol in our society as sort of like this short term getting out of our heads. Like I, can, I kind of like weekend warrior type thing. We work, so many of us work for the weekends. We work like these crazy hours all week long. And then the weekend comes and we'll have like, we'll start, we'll go out and binge drink with our friends. We'll have tons of drinks or yeah. in college culture, for example, like whatever, whatever nights a week, the kids go to the bar and have this. And I, Throughout most of high school, I was never a big drinker or smoker, and some of my friends did. And, like I never like never had a problem with it. Like I just didn't feel like I really wanted to be yeah. doing that much. But then I think like my senior going into my senior year of high school is like you know what like I'll like I'll have a little bit of like I'll have a little bit of alcohol. Like I'll have a little bit of weed. With my friends like it's not a big deal. Like we're just, yeah. we're just relaxing. And I don't think it was a, like necessarily a big deal at the end of the world. Like however, I noticed the more I started to drink with my friends, the more more occasions when I would go and like smoke a joint with my friends. I wasn't really, I wasn't really feeling my best. I wasn't feeling my best. I felt, I think I felt a little guilty about it. Cause I like always knew that I never really needed drugs yeah. or alcohol to have fun. Cause I always had fun with my friends and had a good time, but I think I wanted to do them more just to know what it was like to do them. Yeah. But then I kind of developed these habits of doing them and like, I never really developed like a serious hardcore problems with them. But the more I did them, there's the, the less healthier I felt. And I just didn't feel I didn't feel like my most motivated self. I started questioning some of the things that normally made me really happy and that I enjoyed doing. And I think I started doubting myself. And I think as I kind of went down that path more and listened to my body after a night of drinking or after a night out smoking with some friends, I just, I would wake up the next day and I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel my healthiest. I wouldn't feel my best anymore. Yeah. So you cut it out. Yeah. So about, about, yeah, it's been, I'm coming up. Um, I turned 21 in a few weeks, July 4th is my birthday. And it was around, it was end of January, middle of January that I decided I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm done with smoking and drinking alcohol. Yeah. Uh, I just want to cut this out of my life. And I think that decision was pretty hard. I think, I think I've said that to myself before, like I'm done doing this. I don't do it. And then I'll end up. And like, I think I've, I told my girlfriend probably a bunch of times, like, I don't really need to be drinking. I don't really need to yeah, be smoking. It's, it's one of those things everybody says, like, you know, after a night of a few too many drinks the next morning, I, I just, just right, you know, for the next day or two, you know, you're done with it, right? Yeah. But then, you know, a week later, rolls oh, around, we're at a party, we're friends. And it's like, like oh, you're feeling good. You've been working out. All I, week, like, I can have, that, I can have you're a back few. To even and I'm not saying to people, yeah. like, if, if yeah. you can know your limits and you can control yourself, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not out here saying, like, don't, we, don't like you all, yeah. everyone has to be sober. I yeah, do yeah. believe, I do believe we all should be vegan as an issue of fundamental justice, but like me being sober, that's a completely different thing. That's just for our own personal health and well being. And I think myself, I, I, I'm my healthiest without that and building that habit to be sober. And I was a little scared. Like I, I think journaling is something that has really helped me in my life too. Mm. The last six months, especially last six to eight months, I've been actually actively journaling and I don't, I'm not like super strict about it. I don't do it like every night, but like a few times a week I'll sit down and I'll write out what I'm thinking. I'll write out how I feel about that. Yeah. And I think when I started identifying that I, I would write in my journal, like I w- wasn't feeling great after a night out drinking or a night out smoking with friends. I wasn't feeling, wasn't feeling my best. I wasn't feeling my healthiest. I was like, I can be sober. Like I was sober all through most of high school when most of my friends were drinking yeah. and smoking and I never yeah. needed to be happy. Um, so why do I need it now? And yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to perform better as an athlete as without, without any of that. Um, all through cross country season, I pretty much was entirely sober and I felt my best. So after drinking and smoking a couple times after cross country, I just didn't feel good. And I just wanted to be done with that in my life. So yeah. I decided I'm going to cut it out and 
I'm approaching six months, yeah, without any drugs or alcohol, and I feel great, man. I feel I feel awesome. I yeah. feel happy. I feel energized. I'm yeah. connecting with awesome people like yourself totally. out here and putting myself out there, and yeah, I'm feeling awesome. Cool, dude. Well, I, I on that front, I totally salute you because uh, we were talking about it before. I have, you know, personally, right? I, I, we have very similar mindsets, and we're we're totally totally vibing here. But I have, you know, I've cut out the bad food. I've cut out the bad people, you know, I've cut out the, the bad habits, right? I've cut out like all these things in my life because I know that they don't contribute to, you know, where I want to get to in my life, where mm-hmm. I want to go. They don't contribute to my relationships. They don't contribute to me being my best. Right. Yeah. But beer for me, I'm not there with yet. Yeah. So I totally salute you because I know like I have the, I have the same thoughts, you know, Often it's like, did I need those two or three beers last night? Like I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting down on my computer doing work the next day and I'm just off, you know, I'm not, I'm, I know I'm not my best and that gets to me, pisses me off to be honest <laughs> with you. So, but I, I just haven't got there. So I totally salute you because that is, that's a hard thing. And on top of that, as kind of, uh, you know, being plant-based and being vegan socially, right? That's often my go-to. So I'll go out with some friends and that aren't vegan, right? That I think alcohol is something that, like, alcohol is beer is vegan, vodka is vegan. Like. Yeah, and it's also, it's one of those things, like, I won't eat if we're out at, like, a sports bar or someplace with shit food. I won't eat, but I'll order a beer and it still, like, allows you to have that kind of social, social. connection. Social, I know, you people. feel like, as yeah. when you're sitting there at the restaurant and all you're drinking is water and you get a salad, it's, it can feel a little awkward yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and I don't I, care about that, like, I'm, I'm mentally there to, with the food. Yeah. But still, I'm like, I, I always default to, like, you know, I'll eat before Just I'll having have a beer because it's a social thing, yeah. absolutely. So, I totally salute you because, uh... That's hard, especially as a college guy. And so yeah, good for I, you, dude. I, I definitely have like distanced myself a little bit from the yeah. college culture. I'll make a point. I I have to be more aware of like the environments I'm putting myself in around. Because if I'm going hanging out at parties on like Thursday nights and weekends and putting myself in those positions, I notice I am more tempted. And even yeah, like a few yeah. times this summer when I'm hanging around my friends and some of my friends are drinking or doing that stuff, like I definitely notice I am a little bit tempted in the moment. But I just try to sit back and reflect and like write out like how I felt yeah. or like like just realizing that temptation like and why you're doing. And again, like I'm not saying like, I wouldn't be a bad person if I succumbed to that yeah. temptation yeah. or anything like that. I like it would be it would be okay. But like I just know that I don't need that. And I've had I've had enough negative experiences with drug drugs and alcohol in my life that I'm just so much better. I'm so much more motivated, happy, genuine without them. And I know that I would probably be fine if I just had a little bit of the, that joint with my friend or just had a few beers with my friends. Yeah. I'd probably, probably be okay. But ultimately, one, I like I shouldn't be smoking marijuana at all anyway because it's bad. And, I, and like I'm a college athlete. I don't want to fail a drug test. I care about being part of a team. I care about... So that's why part of the reason I decided to just cut it out entirely. And also just I, I've, I would wake up groggy and tired and unmotivated yeah. and I would start questioning what I really like to do. Like the things... Like what I'm doing, like having a social and, and you, we're, we're putting, we're putting ourselves out there. Like we're just being honest and open. And I think maybe me, I think you're probably older. Like maybe you're more a little comfortable in your skin in some ways. Cause I'm still young and I'm still, yeah. I'm still learning too. And like, we still both have a lot to learn, but I think putting myself out there, I was like a little nervous at first, but I think as I was really like everything I'm doing, I think I'm doing it for a good purpose. I'm doing it for a good cause and just mm-hmm. realizing that. Um, just being open and honest, being a transparent person, people respect that when you're not trying yeah. to put on a facade or a mask and trying to 
when you're just being real and you're being you, people are going to respect that no matter, no matter who you are and what you're trying to do. Totally. Yeah, man. I salute you. It takes balls. Like I, I can't, I can't imagine as a college kid, like you're, you're mentally like where I am, you know, <laughs> right now, you know, and, and there's a, you know, whatever eight year difference or whatever. So that's awesome. It's awesome to see like younger guys seeing it, you know, you know, and, and because of all the resources out there and things like, like you mentioned rich roll and you mentioned, you know, all these, you know, we have the internet, we have YouTube, we have, we have the knowledge now it's all out there and we can all access it. Um, and it's just so cool to see like young kids. Like I was at a, uh, kind of like a vegan meetup, uh, when I was over in Singapore and there's like two girls, 14, 15 year old girls wow. at the meeting. Like that had just, you know, seen some like animal type videos mm-hmm. and, you know, told her parents, look, like, uh, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. And, and it was just so cool because, uh, yeah. you know, everybody has access to the information now. It's not, we're not, you know, just seeing what the media throws us anymore. We have access to it, which is really cool. Um, nice. So um, to somebody out there, you know, looking, so they're checking out your Instagram, they're checking out my Instagram, right? Maybe listen to the podcast, you know that are you know saying you know this dude's just he's just like a total hippie like you know he's just this kind of like hippie cross-country dude like doing his thing like (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) right and he's like he's crazy like this isn't like normal life like um you know what do you say to somebody like that that just like will not kind of accept like a different way of eating and doing things um i think like, like, kind of, I don't know, you kind of like rephrase that. So like kind of someone, I, I know what you're saying. So yeah. like people kind of look like this, like, yeah, like we're going to eat meat. I'm going to eat meat. Like, this is the way it is. Like one of my, one of my cousins was like, I'm going to eat the, I'm going to eat the pig's food. But it's like, again, I think we have to start thinking, we have to realize that, um, our thoughts and our ideas do have, do have meaning, do have value. And that we have, like you just said, we have access to all of the resources and all the evidence. And I don't go out my day like, you have to be vegan. You have to be vegan. I advocate for veganism because I think it's the fair thing to do. It's the just thing to do. It's what we all already agree with. I really do truly believe. All of us think that kicking a dog on the side of a road and beating a dog is completely wrong. And that's no different than when we eat animal products, we're paying people to mutilate, torture, kill animals to suffer. That's that's what we're doing. And I think realizing that and doing the research and like just empowering myself with knowledge has allowed me to transform my life. And ultimately I, some people, I think you're not going to get through to any, certain people. You're they're just not going to be ready to hear the message. Yeah. It's some people they need, it's whatever state of mind they're in. However, anyone listening to this podcast right now, you can go vegan right now. You have the power, you have the, we have the resources and I'm not trying yeah. to say it like, obviously some people are more privileged than others. However, being vegan isn't as hard as a lot of people out there make it. It's, yeah, well, it's a really simple and easy way. Well, we're on that thought. Just let's kind of talk about, you know, there's a, a lot of people out there that think, you know, eating this way is expensive. That it's a privileged way of living. It's a privileged way of living that, you know, they, <laughs> see, they see Ellen DeGeneres doing it in like kind of people of, of privilege. And they're like, well, yeah, they have private chefs. Well, yeah, they can, you know spend a thousand bucks at Whole Foods a day if they want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I want to clear up the fact that we mentioned this a little bit earlier, like you're eating, you're literally eating peasant food. Like you're eating rice, you're eating beans, you're eating fruit, you're eating vegetables. 
Or what like, people perceive to be as pe- people like it's peasant food. It's yeah. like the cheapest food you can buy. Oh, exactly. You know? Yeah, like this, isn't, that, that's this a, isn't a, a ten ounce like you know. And the reality filet. is the real <laughs> and the reality is if if you want to get out and like buy all the fancy vegan meat alternatives and fancy vegan cheeses like Kite Hill and like Beyond Meat burgers and all that stuff. And I think those things are that's really, going to be expensive. That's going to be expensive. And I think those things have a place. I think they're good for non-vegans, people who are trying to transition, exactly. becoming vegan and tr- 100% plant-based diet who want to... Tr- I think those serve a purpose and they have a good purpose and those are great for transferring. But when you adopt a whole foods plant-based diet and you're eating rice, beans, leafy greens, fruits and vegetables, those are the cheapest things you can buy at the grocery store. Yeah. And ultimately the reason why milk, eggs, chicken, fish, so many of these animal products are so affordable in local, um, in local gro- groceries and market baskets is because they're subsidized. Mm-hmm. The amount of resources it takes to feed a cow the amount of water and gallons and gallons and gallons of water and, and grain and soy and corn that you need to put into a cow, it's such a waste of resources. And, and like the price of meat, if it wasn't subsidized, if meat wasn't in such high demand by most by the majority of our population, animal products would be the most expensive things you would have to yeah. buy because the amount of energy and resources, time, money spent that goes into producing a gallon of milk and a cheeseburger is infinitely more than... Than, than even just a veggie burger or that yeah. orange or that the, the yeah. bag of rice, the beans that you buy at the store takes. But the reason why the prices are somewhat some, sometimes closer is because animal products are subsidized because unfortunately we are eating more meat than ever before. We are consuming more animal products than ever before. And, yep. we're, and we're fatter and we're destroying our before. environment. We're killing sentient beings and inflicting suffering on them. And we're destroying our health as a result of it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Cool. Um, to a college kid out there, to, um, maybe a younger kid, college kid that's totally entrenched in social culture right now. Like as a, Mm -hmm. you know, high school, college, it's totally about what everybody else thinks and, you know, relationships and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing to somebody struggling with like body image with, um, kind of personal image issues and things like that. Um, you know, what do you recommend they can do in terms of, you know, a plant-based diet or exercising or whatever to kind of get their health in, in the right order and feel better about themselves? Yeah. So what I would recommend is to stop, stop worrying about every single gram of protein. Stop worrying about, stop being so insecure about eating. You have to have this much protein. You have to have that much protein. And instead of focus on eating a whole foods, plant-based diet and putting as much healthy nutrient dense food in as possible when you when you stop worrying about the protein you stop worrying about pounding the protein and you just focus on eating whole plant foods you're going to feel better and also i think the social pressure is a big thing that you brought up as well is um i think in in families like having having your parents i think that was very helpful for me is both my parents were very supportive of me adopting yeah a vegan, a, a going vegan and adopting a hundred percent plant-based diet. They were so supportive to me the entire time that that definitely made it helpful for me as they were very accommodating. But for some kids out there listening might have parents who might be like, no, you're going to have to buy your own food if you want to do this. And that can definitely be more of a challenge. And I think ultimately if you have, if you know why you want to be vegan for whether it's for, um, because we all agree that hurting animals is wrong. Using animals is wrong. That, um, the benefiting the environment or just benefiting your overall health. If you know the reasons why you, if you're convicted and you know why you're going to do this to benefit your own health, nothing should hold you back. You should, you should go through it. And I would recommend, um, 
definitely there are so many great resources on the internet. There are so a lot of great, um, there's so many great books out there on plant-based nutrition, vegan diets, um, in terms of the ethics of going vegan. And I'm sure we can like leave some resources in like the link totally, to this yeah. podcast yeah, I'm as gonna, well. And everything you mentioned, I'll, I'll link in the, in the notes for this yeah, show. But no doubt, I think realizing that other people's expectations, you can't allow other people's expectations and you can't allow worrying about what other people are going to eat about worrying about what other people think about what you're going to eat. You can't allow that to affect your life because ultimately only you have control over what, what your thoughts and your actions every day. Other people can say things and you can choose to dwell on what people say, but you need to make the decisions for yourself of this is why I'm being vegan. Like this makes sense to me. I'm going to be healthier. I don't want to be part of animal exploitation. I'm going to benefit my health and the environment. And this is why I'm going to do that every day. And yeah, just do it, do it out of your heart, do it out of science, do it out of objective research. There's, there's, we have so many good reasons uh, to go vegan today. And for all the young listeners out there, know that you have the power to change and that you going vegan, you're going to influence others and you're going to be a positive inspiration for others. And that people will think differently because of you choosing to live vegan every day. And that your choice to be vegan is going to get others to think about it and you are going to have a positive impact on people's lives. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Again, I love it like seeing a college kid do it and kind of these younger kids do it, uh, doing it. So outside of, uh, you know, for the next two years running freaking five-minute miles and, and crushing crushing the cross-country uh thing and whatnot um what's kind of so you switch your major to social work what's your what's kind of the future what's ideal for you in the future you clearly are very passionate about like you know the plant-based vegan space and uh what's the future plan you got a sweet summer gig at um I mean, yeah, I'm working at True Bistro, at True Bistro vegan, which is uh, vegan food and drink in Somerville, Massachusetts. One of the best in Boston for for those that haven't been uh, incredible plant based food. Delicious. But uh, yeah, what's what's the future? Yeah, so I think right right now I'm really focused on my training. I'm just trying to become a better runner and better athlete. Of course, uh, my goal is I want to keep shattering my own personal records. And I um, right now the school record for men's the men's AK is at Regis is 27 minutes. And something like 30 seconds, about 2730. And my best is right around 28 flat right now. So I, this season, if not next season, I just want to, I want to really, I want to set that record, but it's going to be competitive. Me and my two of my other teammates are all right around the same range running wise. So we're going to have some good competition, but I'm training every day. Um, I think on my Instagram, I try to put as much great content and posts out there for people um, to see that not only can't, again, we can be high performing athletes as vegan. Not only can we be completely healthy and live a healthy, full, happy life as vegans, but we can be high performing athletes as well. So I try to, I want to prove miss. I want to try to be one more person out there proving all those stereotypes wrong that mm. you need animal protein to be healthy, that you need meat for muscle. Um, I just want to live every day of my life trying to educate others and put that content out there. And actually, I started um, the vegan student organization at my school, Regis College, nice. which nice. is a little club where we have meetings and I talk about um, I talk about veganism and the ethical arguments as well as the environmental and health arguments for veganism. And like we did like a little vegan Ben and Jerry's ice cream night. Um, Sweet, yeah. Yeah, so hoping to do like some more club meetings at my school. Um, but yeah, I think with Run for Sentient Beings, I want to keep, I'm going to keep working on that and building that up. And I think what, looking up what you're doing right now, Pat, is um, eat green, make green. You're an inspiration to me. What you're doing out here, you're interviewing different vegans around the world and 
I think these podcasts are going to give value to other people's lives. People are, are getting something positive out of these and are starting to think differently. So I would love to do what you're doing right now, something along those lines. You're a huge inspiration to me as well, Pat. But yeah, I think cool, moving, man, moving, moving forward, just uh, keep grinding, keep keep working hard, becoming a better athlete. I want to become the best athlete I can be and just um, living my life with a, a positive purpose and intention every single day. I love it, man. I love it. Appreciate it. All right. I got one more for you. Yeah. So, and you've probably listened to some other episodes and you probably know what's coming, but, uh, so the, this podcast, my brand is called eat green, make green. I know that living vegan, living plant-based puts me in the best position to, to succeed at whatever I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I define whatever my goals are is how I define the, the make green portion of that. Okay. So what does make green mean to you? Why do you live a vegan lifestyle? Why do you live plant-based yeah i think i'm the reason i'm vegan is every single day is i just think of i I think of veganism as an issue of fundamental justice i look at veganism um along the lines of any fundamental rights issue that we all agree on that um when we think about like moral issues i think choosing to be vegan it's simply us standing up and saying all animal abuse is wrong doesn't make sense to point and say that abusing dogs is wrong and then eating a cheeseburger or eating a chicken sandwich or eating eggs which go in direct um, contrast to us saying that so we all say that animal abuse is wrong and get upset when people beat dogs but every single day of my life I live vegan because using and killing animals is wrong we're causing animal suffering and death and that's what motivates me every day is um, that we don't need to be doing it it's 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 it goes against our values and we can be so healthy, so, so high, high achieving, doing, reaching for everything we want to do without animal products. That motivates me. I guess the, what make, what make green for me is running for all sentient beings. It's doing the best I can and educating others about veganism and why I think that we all should be vegan because we all agree that, um, we already agree with the pretense for veganism that hurting animals is wrong. So I think, yeah, just, um, it's, it, has a, it has a pretty strong moral footing for me, yeah. and I think all of us can see that when we start thinking about it more. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast, Pat. It's been a pleasure today speaking Likewise. with you and being on here. And again, man, it really is an honor. I'm, I'm so lucky to be here. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Cool. We did it, dude. For those that are interested in adopting a plant-based lifestyle, you're in luck. That's what I do. I work with men and women all over the world to adopt this lifestyle, to heal inflammation, to get off their medications and treat their health at the source, which is with diet and lifestyle. My program called Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to teach you exactly how to transition into a healthier lifestyle And I give you all the tools, all the resources, everything you need to adopt this lifestyle and apply it to your life for years to come. For more information on my course, pop over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great week.